Hello and welcome to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in South Florida covering the entire tri-county area from Miami-Dade through Broward through Palm Beach County and now also in our 43rd year in Marion County. Jeffrey Meldon, uh, 32nd episode of our show. How about that? Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited, Chris. It's uh, you know a big deal, and I think uh, it's exciting having members of the community join us and talk about what's going on all around us. And uh, you know, I know today we have some great guests we're going to introduce in just a second. But uh, we've got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks, right? We do, we do. Uh, so I was talking about Ocala. That was my clue to, uh, or cue, to go to the fact that we've got a huge event coming up on the 16th of June, 4.30 to 7 p.m. Without any further ado, tell them about it. Well, Wednesday, <laughs> uh, June 16th, we're having our grand opening in Ocala. The address is, thir- uh, is 1326 South Pine Avenue in Ocala, right across from the hospitals. They're called Advent Hospital right now in Ocala Regional. And it's going to be really fun. There are food, drinks, music, a big party. And we're going to have Albert and Alberta there for the kids and uh, Steve Spurrier there uh, for everybody. And uh, it's going to be um, a big shebang. It's going to be a big shebang. I just had one of our doctor friends from the Ocala area this morning ask me about it. I'll give him a shout out. Our good friend, Dr. Jonathan Walker from Ocala Spine and Injury. Hello, John. And it's we want all our friends. Uh, it's open to the public. We want, whether you've been a client in the past, whether you're a client now, or maybe you've never even heard of us, or you've thought about it, come anyway. It's free. Lots of great things going on. It's at the Meldon Law Office. Like Jeffrey said, it's we've had an office there for 43 years, and this is brand new. You can't miss it. You won't miss the sign. <laughs> I mean, that sign is quite a thing. Well, it's, uh, you know, a big sign. It it's is. Uh, nine feet by 14 feet, and it's uh-huh. digital. So we get to put fresh messages on um, every day. And what we're trying to do is also bring awareness to what's going on in the community exactly. in Marion County by the use of our sign. So uh, that anybody who's in a uh, community group, let us know. We're glad to uh, publicize uh, whatever event you have going on couple of quick things before we get to our great guests who, by the way, are from the Alachua County Library System. They're going to tell you all kinds of things, lots of things I didn't know, including the digital and, and many other things that you can get for free by being involved with the library system. So I'll let them tell you all about that in just a moment. And we've had a lot of people ask Jeffrey about tickets. We've been doing tickets to the baseball games, the softball team all throughout the spring. We now know that the baseball team is hosting the regionals this weekend. So... Do we have tickets? Yes, that's the big news. (laughs) Go to MeldonLaw.com and it'll be posted by uh, later today, uh, first thing tomorrow morning. Enter uh, the contest to win tickets for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and possibly Monday. It's a double elimination tournament, so the first team uh, to win two games uh, will uh, be... Uh, in the winner's bracket and may not even have to play on Monday. So the the way it works with double elimination is at least three days, maybe four days. We're going to have tickets for everybody. So, uh, you know, for all the games, we're going to have tickets. So uh, let us know. and uh, Just go to the website, MeldonLaw.com. Just click the banner at the top 
And who, who are the other teams? I know South Alabama's in it. Yes, uh, we're playing uh, USF, University of South Florida, uh, Friday at two okay. at five o'clock. Miami, one of our uh, you know arch uh, rivals, started the uh, season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're they're playing uh, Southern Alabama. In the event that the Gators win on Friday and Miami wins on Friday, mm -hmm. it'll be you know. Uh, an epic battle on epic Saturday. Epic battle. You got that right. So, hey, good luck to the Gators. We've been following them all year. And, uh, again, we say it over and over again. If you haven't been to that stadium, it's absolutely gorgeous. So check it out and go to our website for tickets. One last thing. We are live on Facebook Live. I bet you didn't know that, that people can type in questions. So if you have a question for Jeffrey or our guests, we've got a great guest in the second half as well, Steve Solomon, legendary, well-known owner of the Leonardo's. Restaurants in town will be here for the second half. You can type them in the comments section and hey, let's get right to it. We've got, first of all, I want to introduce Rachel Cook, who is the manager, um, a public relations manager, I should say, for Alachua County Library System. And to her immediate left is Megan Bonaham, who is the Youth Services Director. So, two of you, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We're happy Thank to be you. here. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So, we want to find what's going on at the library. Okay, because I, I know the uh, Alachua County has an amazing library system. Yeah. Um, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about um, uh, what you do at the library, and then we can uh, move over to Megan, have her tell us a little sure. bit about what she does, and then we're going to find out more and more about yeah. all the amazing resources we have right here at our fingertips. Sure. So again, my name is Rachel Cook. I work at the Downtown Library, our headquarters library, and I'm the public relations and marketing manager. So I feel like I have the most fun job in the world. I just get to talk mm -hmm. about the library all day long. So, And how did you um, get that, get started in doing that? So I actually wanted to be a librarian when I was a little kid. I would like make post-it notes and like put staples on them and put them in my <laughs> books for cards. Um, but then I, I worked in journalism for a long time, but always loved libraries, so I feel very fortunate to have come to Gainesville for this position. Oh, wow. So how long have you been there doing the marketing and public relations? I've been there about two and a half years. Wow. Well, that's exciting. And Megan, what do you do with the library? So I'm a youth services librarian. So at headquarters, I provide services to children and teens, uh, run virtual programs right now, and help our patrons. So there is a summer program that starts today, yes. June 1st, yeah. 2021. So tell us about yeah. that. So we're so excited. Today kicks off summer with the library. It starts today and it goes through August 1st. So right now, families, patrons, people of all ages can sign up online at www.aclib.us slash summer. So we are very excited. This year's theme is Tales and Tales. And so for a limited time, or as long as supplies last, people can get a free Tales and Tales tote bag with some goodies inside of it. Um, you can sign up again online or go into any library branch and sign up. We have fun programs all summer long, and then families and children and adults can track their reading. Mm -hmm. And the more you track, the more chances you have to win a Samsung Galaxy tablet at the Whoa. end of the summer. So, yeah. Well, that's really cool. So. Um, you're trying to engage uh, students in uh, reading over the summer so that they don't 
like stop learning for two and a half months mm -hmm. and then try to get like back in the swing of things, which is exactly. not a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. We call it the summer slide, so that's a regression in learning, particularly around reading and other skills that mm -hmm. happens over the summer often. Especially it's been such a challenging couple school years. We oh, have amazing ed educators in the community who've been doing a wonderful job. We want to do everything we can to help them and families when the students go back to school be ready. So staying engaged through summer with the library is a wonderful way to do that. We have a question. How many library locations are there in Alachua County? That's a great question. So we have 12 library locations all throughout the county. So everywhere from Archer to Micanopy to Alachua to Waldo to Gainesville. I know you have some uh, huge uh, library buildings. Um, the, the main one downtown, mm -hmm. which is a, a remarkable uh, building and a lot going on. I, I've you know been down there many, many times and it's really fun just to kind of, you know, meander through it and see what you can find. Tell us a little bit more about the summer program. Um, I mean, that's, I'm sure, for families with children, like you said, helping them keep the reading, keep that going, avoid that summer slide. Uh, what are some of the specific, I guess you're, I heard you're having animal guests, <laughs> for example. Yes. What, what, explain a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so we kicked off our program called Animal Tales today. It is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. over Facebook or Zoom, and we're partnering with different organizations throughout the community. So this morning was our first one with Alachua County Animal Services. We had a cute little wow. cat and a story time. Uh, next week is going to be with Santa Fe Teaching Zoo, and it's going to be with an alligator. Uh, throughout the summer, we have ones partnering with Carson Wildlife and also with um, the Natural History Museum and some of their cool exhibits. A sloth is currently living there and is going to do a story time with us. So. A sloth. Wow. A sloth, yes. Well, that's, Spirit animal. <laughs> you know what? I think it's really cool to uh, create things that will attract the uh, kids mm -hmm. uh, and you know make them engage because... Uh, there's only so much parents can do at home mm -hmm. and bringing students and young kids out into uh, a new environment creates all new opportunities. And what I picked up on, as you said, this is being done through Zoom and Facebook Live. Is that the way it's going to be all summer, or will there, will there be some in-person activities? So that program will be virtual all summer. We're also looking at scheduling outdoor programs, I believe, as well. Mm -hmm. okay. So people can really look at their individual library branches, too, in their communities. Some of those will be doing some outdoor programs. The majority of our summer programming is online. But again, the libraries are open, so you can go in. That's the key thing. Yeah, families can go in. Librarians are so happy to help you find you know the perfect book for everyone in your family to keep them engaged to keep them entertained we've got some great lists that actually Megan has been working on with the school district yep. so reading recommendations for different age groups so they can come in sign up get a free book while supplies last along with a tote bag and then get some ideas of what kind of books they can be reading together so uh, the so families can come in live inside the mm -hmm. uh, all the libraries um, the programs you're working with are virtual. Mm -hmm. Some of the some of them may transition to some outdoor programs uh, later on. Mm -hmm. So yes. people uh, who've got uh, kids that uh, want to learn this summer, we got something for them. Yes. So we were talking actually before we went on the air, and I was blown away when you were telling us about the digital opportunities. Uh, you know, you were talking about magazines, newspapers, things that people like Jeffrey and I and others we, we can access mm -hmm. from our home. 
So talk a little bit about that. So we have a wealth of digital materials. All you have to do is have your library card. You can get that by going into any library with your ID and a proof of residency and get your card, you know, just in a couple minutes. We have a, an app called Libby that you can download and using your library card you can access ebooks and e-audiobooks that way. So if you have Audible, you can go ahead and cancel that subscription. <laughs> Just start listening online. It's totally yeah. free. And That's actually, incredible. Yeah, and now on Libby, too, we actually have more than 3,000 digital magazines. So, and there's no wait for those. So you can check out all sorts of magazines on so many topics, like really, really niche things, like if you're into quilting for cats. Maybe not quilting for cats, but if you're into cats or you're into quilting, you can find a magazine. So That's really incredible. And... Um, let, let me ask you this. So, uh, is there a, is there a fee for a library card? I, I don't know because no. I haven't gotten one in a long time. I'm going to though. I promise you that. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would have brought you one if I'd known. <laughs> so it's totally free. It's totally free. There's no fee. You know, we That's of great. course, you know, the library district is funded by the taxpayers of Alachua County. We do our very best job to be really good stewards of that money, mm -hmm. and then that way we can make sure that all of our programs, all of our resources, all of our digital collections are totally free for Alachua County residents. Do you have any legal books in there? Yes, we do. Okay, that, <laughs> that might solve some of our we legal research know. costs. We yeah. have great online, we, ha we actually have a great, we have some great e-sources where you can go online, you can do everything from like look up the value of your stocks, to look up business forms, to look up newspapers. So we have a lot of digital resources you can access from home too. You know, when I started marketing my law firm over 30 years ago, I went down to the library to get all the phone books because people used to use phone books to yes. find lawyers. So I would get all the ads from all the different major cities because that <laughs> your library had phone books yes. from every city in the country. And I said, what better place than to go to the Alaska County Public Library? And I would, you know, go. To, I couldn't. We didn't have cell phones that took pictures back then, mm -hmm. but somehow I took ideas out of the. Uh, uh, the phone book. So whatever um, project you're working on, the library probably has some resources that's, that's you can really use. amazing. We've got to take a break and we're going to be right back for another segment uh, with our wonderful friends from the Alachua County Library System telling all of us things we didn't know. So this is really, I got to say, a great episode. We really appreciate you being here. Again, we want to remind everybody you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, our weekly podcast from Meldon Law. Our primary practice areas include personal injury law, meaning that we represent victims of catastrophic car crashes, truck crashes, bus incidents, trip and fall, slip and fall, pedestrian cases. Whenever a situation arises where someone was injured because of the negligence or carelessness of another, please give us a call anytime, toll free, statewide, 1-800-373-8000. We also do criminal defense work, including DUI defense. So whatever the question is though, this guy knows everybody. Call us with whatever your question may be, and we'll do our best to steer you in the right direction. Again, you're watching Melden Law and Friends, episode 32. We will be right back. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. 
Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Welcome back to today's episode of Melden Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, June 1st. 2021. Jeffrey, hard to believe we're already just about halfway through this year. Yes, uh, I think five months would be uh, exactly (laughs) how far we are. We're close. And and it's really cool. Um, I want to thank everybody who's uh, watching and listening to the show. Uh, Today we have these uh, terrific guests uh, explaining to us what's available at the Alachua County Public Library System and uh, it's, it's really been a uh, uh, eye-opening for me. I didn't realize I can get all these digital books mm-hmm. um, and, you <laughs> know, know, just either. listen. You know, whenever I travel, uh, my grandchildren are down in Miami, so I got five hours, you know, mm-hmm. to drive down yeah. there. And I can just be, uh, you know, looking. How many titles do we have? So we have close to 90,000 last time I checked, but our technical services team is always adding more books, so we have a lot, a lot of books, and we have them for all ages, so teens, children. We have a question from Facebook Live. Does the library accept book donations? So unfortunately, we are not right now. In previous times, we had been, but we are not able to accept donations right now. We actually are working on a list of other local places that are accepting donations that we will be adding to our services page soon. Okay, I want to remind everybody, again, if you have a question for either of our guests this segment, we've got Steve Solomon, legendary, iconic figure from Gainesville, started the Leonardo's Restaurants. He'll be here second half of the show, whether for Steve, second half, or Jeffrey Meldon. Type your questions in the comments section, and we'll do our best to get to them. Let's talk about Battle of the Books. Well, Battle of the Books is an amazing teen program we've been hosting for over 10 years. Last year it went digital, of course, and teens across the county compete in a trivia competition. Um, this year it's three books. They, they, when they register, actually get a free copy. So they get three books and they study them throughout the summer and then compete against each other for the winning branch of our competition. And what kind of competition <laughs> is it? So it's trivia questions. So it's over Zoom. They'll all log in. We'll ask them, I think, three rounds of trivia questions, Mm -hmm. and the winning point winner gets gets the prize. Yeah, and we do have to thank RTI Surgical. They helped us out with with purchasing the books this year. We really appreciate that company in in Alachua purchased the books for us. So we're very excited, and teens can register for that now, Mm -hmm. get studying, get ready to go so that they can help win that title for their branch. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, well, so... Uh, we want to make sure everybody uh, gets into uh, the competition. It should be fun. The other thing I wanted to talk with you about that I, we just heard about this morning is the uh, Wi-Fi to go program. Tell me about that and how it works. We're very excited. We launched this new service in April. We know that the digital divide is something that we all think about in this community. Sure. Lots of us don't have access to you know reliable internet, particularly in the rural areas of the county too. So we launched a program where we have mobile hotspots that anyone with a library card can check out for seven days. You can connect up to five devices to the internet. You don't have to already have internet service at your house, just to be very clear. Um, You can just take it, 
fired up. I've gotten great feedback that they work really, really well. That's incredible. Yeah, the only thing is it's a T-Mobile hotspot, so it has to be somewhere where T-Mobile has service, but it's been very, very exciting. And again, you can that could be like your laptop, your TV, your gaming system, your iPad, your cell phone. So it's one of those mobile yeah. little hotspot mm-hmm. things, because yeah. I have T-Mobile, and yeah. I know they, they have those, so yeah. that's neat. It's just a little hotspot. We have a question real quick, Jeffrey. Are you associated with the Friends of the Library book sale in downtown Gainesville? So we are not. The Friends of the Library support the Alachua County Library District, and so we really appreciate the book sale because it helps fund a lot of the great programs we do. But the Friends of the Library run that book sale independent of the Alachua County Library District. I know they uh, uh, every we're um, located right down the street yes. from where they oh are, gosh. and oh my I gosh, see those they lines. have their big. I cannot sale. imagine it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's a really big deal when there's a book sale going on because you can get amazing books for fifty cents or a dollar mm-hmm. or whatever. And the idea is to redistribute uh, books that we all love. And um, let's talk about the uh, change from people reading books you know I'm old enough so uh, we didn't have any options if you Mm -hmm. wanted to read you got a book Uh, the change from um, reading books to digital what are some of your perspectives on that Rachel well we've definitely seen the increase in our digital checkouts we've passed the 1 million mark for the first time last year so we've seen people trending that way you know it's a different it's different for us as a library because I don't think a lot of people know the way we purchase it is through licensing. So you can have one copy of a print book and you have that till it goes away. With digital books, we actually often have to like renew and keep paying for them. So it's an expensive resource, but it's something that people really, really love. And I would imagine that it'll just continue to expand in popularity as time goes on. And I think audiobooks too, we're, like you said, we all like to listen to them in the car or you know, when we're cleaning the house, whatever we're doing. So I think that will continue to be more and more popular too. I don't know if you have anything to add. I do. I mean, it's given a great access point. I'm the kid's perspective, right? For kids in literacy, my son reads an audiobook at the same time as a regular book, and it really helps him as far as progression. So it's a great access point for our kids. Now, I have friends that um, tell me all, all the time that they get movies down at the library. Yes. Talk about that a little. Yeah, we have a great DVD collection, so you can check out up to 12 DVDs for two weeks at a time. So um, the more popular ones, you know, you might have to put on hold, but we have so many great ones available, especially if you're thinking about, like, a movie from your childhood or a classic film or, you know, what was an award winner a couple seasons ago. We have all of those and you can go in and just find what's there, or you can put things on hold online. So that's an easy way that you can make sure they're all ready to go right when you get to the library. Are they all, do you have to have the DVD, or is there a digital download for the movies? So our, our collection is primarily DVDs. Okay. But eventually we're going to get streaming where you can figure out some way yeah. so people could stream movies. We Here. hope so, someday maybe. <laughs> we have another question. Thank you, everybody, for sending us these questions. We love it. Does the library still do mommy and me classes? So right now we don't have in-person programs at our branches, but we are working towards plans to have some outdoor programs this summer. We continue to watch the public health situation, so it's definitely something we're aspiring to get back to. We, um, Our website, our services page, aclib.us slash services, is the best place to go to see everything we're gradually adding back. But right now people can come to the library, and for, for a parent, you could definitely come with your child 
find a book, talk to a librarian about what kind of books are great to read to them. And we actually this year launched a program called 1000 Books Before Kindergarten, which I know sounds very scary, but we can make it very doable so you can register for that program and we'll offer you some encouragement and help along the way to reach the goal of reading 1000 books before your child is in kindergarten. You know, one thing I, one of my fondest memories, frankly, is, is going to a library cause, because librarians are so helpful. And we were talking about that before we went on the air, the fact that uh, all of your staff, all of your librarians are just so eager to help. And mm -hmm. that hasn't changed. No, no. We have an amazing staff, Megan and everyone else who works with the public, is so ready to help, so eager to provide recommendations for everyone in your family, really. Yeah, my fond mem I have fond memories of going to the library. I had, number one, it was a good place for me to study. Mm -hmm. It was a good place to find books. And not only that, I was interested in meeting really nice girls. And the library was a terrific place. <laughs> Somehow knew this if you're in the library. I, I, no, no, I, you know, people would take a break and yeah. they'd walk yeah. outside, you know, high school, college, you know. Mm -hmm. For me, that was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of my fondest memories was in and around the library. One of my fondest, maybe fondest isn't the right word. I sometimes was a not so good guy and not returned my books on time. So uh, I'm sure you've heard all these library find stories. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we're also, another thing we like to brag about is so we don't actually have fines. We're a fine-free library. So How about I mean, that? Uh, you know, eventually you might get a bill if you keep the book forever and ever and ever, yeah. but we don't have fines, which is a great way to, you know, open up access to the library, too, to people. Yeah, well, but you remind people if they're overdue. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on, Joe. Bring the book back. Please we got other back. people that want to share it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah but between Blockbuster and the library, they uh, they they kept my phone going quite a bit. Uh, let's talk about some other things you guys offer. Uh, we've talked about the movies. We've talked about digital. We've talked about so many things. Anything else you'd like to tell us about some programs? So we talked a little bit about e-sources, but I think that's just great to continue to hit on. When you were talking um, about, you know, when you used to get Phoneberry, we actually have tools like that now still that people can use. We have one called A to Z Database. So people can use that to build a marketing list. You can use it to look up different businesses that you're interested in. Like you could get a list of businesses in some certain zip code or some county. You could get a list of like new movers, people in a certain income bracket. So you could use that to like build your business. We have a Morningstar and Value Line, which you can use to track stocks. And then we have a lot of really great ones for education. Uh, Tutor.com offers free tutoring for children, so you can also get help with like math homework and Learning Express offers similar tools. So we and then LinkedIn Learning, which is it formerly was called Lynda.com, that has thousands of free classes. So that's a really popular one for businesses. What what is a, a way people can if, if they didn't get the web page address that you gave us earlier? We'll give it again. What can they Google? They could just Google Alachua County Library, and I'm sure that would take them right to the page. Yeah. Yep, and we're on Facebook, too, on social okay. media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so they could look up Alachua County Library that way, okay. too. We have another question. Man, a lot of activity there, the questions. <laughs> what is the percentage between reading of paper books, digital books, and listening? And then there's the second part. Are our young people's reading skills improving or declining? That's a big question. I don't have the breakdown right now as far as our checkouts go. I would say still the majority of our checkouts are our physical materials, so that still remains really popular. But I think digital is slowly, slowly creeping up. And when I say digital, I do include listening in there too, so they're kind of lumped together. I think overall I can 
I don't. I think for the young people's reading skills, I think overall that children are still interested in reading and it's still so important. What would you say? I want to go back to access points. The ways that kids can read has just changed drastically. Sure. Any kid with a tablet in front of them now can check out 20 ebooks. Or, or audiobooks and picture books included, you know, like the, the world's their oyster. I, I would agree. I think the fact that there are more options now to read, yeah. whereas in Jeffrey and Mai's day, we had to physically go to the library and mm -hmm. pick up a book, and I love doing that too. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many ways now kids can read. Everybody can read. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, got to be a good thing. However, I think people, uh, and young people in particular, are becoming more and more... Uh, comfortable reading either you know on a, um, a tablet or, mm -hmm. or a, 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 you know their cell phone or I mean Definitely. I'm reading mm -hmm. I'm reading six new, newspapers a day on my cell phone mm -hmm. now I have to hook up with you guys to get the free I, I, I think we need to make news bank. News bank, yes. I, I think all of our staff I could just hear it now we're gonna go back we're gonna do our zoom he's gonna say guess what yes. everybody everybody's getting a library card yes so, we'd love to hear that Anyway, uh, thank you both. I'm sorry this has to come to an end because we could probably go all day on this and it's been extremely informative. Real quick, what's the website again? www.aclib.us slash summer. So if you want to go online and register, it's open now. Anything else you want to say real quick? Burning desires, we say. Well, thank you so much for your time and get your library card. It's oh. free. It's great. And the yeah. hour and the yeah. library is open, right? Mm -hmm. Normal yes. it's hours. Open. Yep. It's okay? open. And we got 12 library uh, branches around. So no matter where you are, there is a library near you. And uh, that library can give you access to everything that's going on. You are watching Melvin Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, the 1st of June, 2021. We'll be right back with Steve Solomon, well-known guy in Gainesville. He'll be telling you all about it. We'll be right back. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melvin Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help and they will help you. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people 
and thereby you enrich your own life. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Welcome back to today's episode of Meldon Law and Friends. My name is Chris Qualman. I'm here with Jeffrey Meldon, founder and president of Meldon Law. Take a look at the website, www.meldonlaw.com, to learn more about the firm. We primarily handle personal injury cases, and we also do... Steve, watching him come in here. This guy's <laughs> going to be a riot. Trust me, this is going to be a great segment. <laughs> Uh, boy, totally lost my train of thought. Go to the website. You'll be able to register for tickets. We talked about it the last segment. We have tickets for these upcoming regional baseball games. Jeffrey, I'll tell you what, you've been following the team all season, and it's been an up and down roller coaster season, but I've got, uh, I've got good thoughts about the regionals. I'm so excited. Uh, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and maybe Monday, there's going to be Gator Baseball uh, here, uh, Miami's in, in our regional bracket along with USF and South uh, Alabama, and it's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, it's full attendance, so uh, uh, go get tickets if you can. Uh, they're in high demand, but Melden Law has uh, free tickets. It's going to be uh, really exciting. Uh, if you go on uh, MeldenLaw.com, uh, on the homepage at the top, you'll see a red banner. Uh, enter the contest here within a couple hours. We just got notification just that we're going to be getting uh, tickets for uh, our uh, viewers and listeners. So uh, go out and support the Gators. We're going to be uh, rooting for them strong. Let's get right to our esteemed guest. Thank you. I, I tell the story, and I'll make it very quick. The very first place I ever went in Gainesville, first place, August of 1975, my parents and I pulled up to the Holiday Inn. I was there for freshman orientation. I said, Dad, I want to check out that uh, little pizza by the slice place there. That's the first place I ever ate. And man, I miss it. I'll tell you, I hear that story quite a bit. But before we go any further with this, I would like to nail down two tickets from Jeffrey for this weekend for the baseball game. He's not kidding. Okay, so, Steve. Uh, now that we got that taken care of. Since you're so magnanimous to come on the show, you know, uh, I, I think we can honor your request. I want to um, tell you a little bit um, about uh, Steve Solomon because he's one of the great restaurateurs that uh, Gainesville has had for almost 50 years. He was a major influence in the restaurant industry in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, let's go back to uh, how you wound up in Gainesville, Steve. 1973, early in 73. 
I'm living in Chicago. I'm teaching school. I'm thinking about going to law school. I've been teaching uh, since 1969. And um, I'm wondering, is law school for me? Is teaching for me? And um, I was driving, and I saw a bush that was burning. And I thought, as a good citizen, I would pull aside and I would put the flame out at least. And I uh, stopped the car, ran out to the empty lot where the burning bush was, and I was taking my jacket off to smother the flames, and suddenly I heard a voice. And the voice spoke to me and said, go to Gainesville, make pizza. By the way, make pan pizza Chicago style. Chicago style. I said, wow. I looked around. I was amazed. Uh, I didn't question it. From that point on, I went to Gainesville. For, unfortunately, I went to Gainesville, Georgia first. I got confused. <laughs> and I ended up in the wrong Gainesville. But by the end of 73, I had found the right Gainesville. And it's been very right for me, and I'm sure it's been for right for everybody who's listening in. It's a great community. It was a great opportunity for me to realize my dream which was to open up a Chicago-style pizza in a pan. It's a totally unique item at that time. And bring it to the different college campuses where I thought there would be a demand. I thought Gainesville, Florida would be a good spot because it was in a rural part of the state, but by the same token had a lot of kids from Miami, so there was an urban push. And Pan-style pizza, pizza is an urban dish. And it was like Gainesville was going through a transition that certainly Jeffrey was a big part of with his ventures in Rickenbacker's Bar and the Great Southern Music Hall. Um, as a matter of fact, one of my favorite memories of Jeffrey was I had uh, heard about a movie by Jimmy Cliff called The Harder They Come. It was about a <laughs> reggae singer. And... Uh, it, it, I got in the sound uh, track for it, but I couldn't find the game. There was no way to get the movie. There was no net. This is pre-Netflix, uh, so there was no place to get the movie. And I went to Jeffrey, and I said, uh, there's this great movie. It's a reggae movie about this guy who's a reggae singer, and he's a dope dealer, and it's a little <laughs> edgy, so no theaters will carry it. But it would be great if you got it. And sure enough, Jeffrey came through, got the movie, and then that way, Jeffrey was uh, uh, bringing urban tastes and urban fear to Gainesville as well. And if you don't, re uh, I don't know if you remember, but after we got the movie so you could see it and presented <laughs> it at the Great Southern, we actually had Jimmy Cliff live come to the mm -hmm. Great Southern Music Wow. So, you know, that was so. uh, even bigger. So, Steve. I remember that uh, you started out with uh, Leonardo's Pizza by the Slice, right? And how did you find the building that you wanted to start at? Well, uh, <laughs> here's what happened. I was, uh, I was, I was uh, walking uh, around on University Avenue under the influence of now legal, uh, then unfortunately uh, illegal. We hadn't made that big move yet. And uh, I walked into a place where it was called International Sandwiches. I thought, an International Sandwich, maybe I can get a falafel. <laughs> so uh, I walked in, and 
I uh, looked around, and it didn't look very appetizing. It looked like a rundown place. And, uh, but it was well located. It was across from the Holiday Inn. Right, where University and 13th right. Street. Chris's parents, the first place they came to when they came to yeah. the University of Florida was to the Holiday Inn. It yeah. was the best place to stay, mm -hmm. and it was centrally located, and was accessible to the campus. So the smartest people, like Chris's parents, stayed <laughs> at the Holiday Inn. And here we were right across the street from right the Holiday the Inn. Street. And right across the street from the University of Florida. And the guy that was working there was cutting the, the he, he was cutting the cold cuts. He was, what, the, what am I doing here? I am, I ate life. I ate sandwiches. If I see another piece of cold cut, I'm going to kill. I said, hold on. I can be your salvation. I'm really interested in opening a pizza place. I think it'd go really well here. What do you think if I, uh, is it a place for sale? And he said, you know, I hadn't thought of that, but it's a good idea. Let's sell the place. So uh, he, uh, he was a, a leasee. And I didn't go into law school. I had tinkered with the idea of going to law school. So, uh, I, I, but I knew he was a leasee and not the owner. So we're going to have to uh, mm -hmm. talk with him, and then we're going to have to speak to the owner of the rest of, of, of the restaurant, who was in Miami, went down, spoke with him, he had his misgivings. He explained to us that it, the man that had been there, uh, Harry Myers, uh, would be some uh, remuneration because of the hard work he had put in and the uh, sweat equity. And he helped us make the deal possible. He was an attorney himself. His name was Erwin Gars. Very nice guy. I knew Erwin Gars down in Miami. Yes. So he, he owned the building. You wound up making a deal, mm -hmm. and you opened up. Leonardo. Three months later, we opened up pizza by the, uh, by the slice. Mm -hmm. and, and is it true that you had the picture of Leonardo da Vinci on the uh, This is a the major uh, uh, case that, uh, <laughs> and a major bit of uh, Gainesville history. And if you're going to be staying here in Gainesville and you have an interest in, I think you have to become uh, knowledgeable about the case of Gainesville versus Stephen Solomon. And what it was is we had the famous picture by Leonardo da Vinci of uh, the uh, Renaissance man, the man who touches all uh, sides of a circle. I'm sure everybody's seen it. The Truvian picture, I think it's called, yeah. Yes. The Truvian. Yep. Yes, the Truvian picture. Mm -hmm. But the, the idea was that a Renaissance man could be a scientist, a chef, uh, a, a, a networker, a computer expert. Leonardo's had figured all this stuff out, and it was a picture of a man in a circle. And uh, we did the man in the circle, put Leonardo's overhead, mm -hmm. but we added two women, on, one on either side, and they were nude. And Leonardo himself, I'm not sure in the original if they uh, showed Leonardo's tools, but uh, we did. Somehow or another, they approved the sign. It was a mystery to me. The city of Gainesville? The city of Gainesville they sent out a, a, a young inspector, and this guy was, I think, more interested in the pizza than he was in the sign. He signed off on the sign. We had the sign. Two years go by, nobody said anything. And all of a sudden, I got a letter from the superintendent of uh, building in the city, Al Davis, and he said that your sign 
has been found to be indecent, immoral, and pornographic. Uh-oh. Now, personally, I didn't think it was immoral. I thought perhaps indecent, <laughs> maybe pornographic, but definitely not immoral. <laughs> this guy should do stand <laughs> You know, so uh, anyhow, uh, I decided I did not want to just yeah. uh, take the sign down like they demanded. They gave me a 15-day uh, Period, period that it, it down, had to come it? down. Thank you for supplying the orders. I've been retired for a year, and I help Jeffrey helps me by finishing my sentences. You know, and uh, the true movie He's man. He's finished a few uh, bottles of wines at your store too. But so, I, as I understand it, you you uh, got a hold of uh, our a good lawyer friend. got a hold of me, Bill Salmon, a brilliant young attorney. He was young at the time. And yes, we all were young at the time. This is 1975. This is 1976, actually. The sign had actually been up for almost two years before someone actually noticed that there was a male genitalia and uh, female breasts. And I may add, everything was ample and right out there to see. Um, so um, Bill contacted me, said that he was teaching a class at the University of Florida, and that it was a First Amendment rights class, and this was the perfect First Amendment right. For you that are not familiar with the First Amendment, I'm sure one of these two brilliant young attorneys could tell you <laughs> what it's about. My understanding is it gives me the freedom to have an indecent, immoral, and pornographic sign. And what happened? What did the uh, court rule? Well, the court ruled against me at first, and national news came down here, and the next court ruled against me. And finally, we got to Atlanta and to the Federal Appeals Court. 11th the Circuit. Yeah. The 11th Circuit. Back then, it was the 5th Circuit. Fifth circuit. Yeah. They short-circuited on our case. The, the, uh, the, the judge said, in effect, that immoral, indecent, and pornographic are very hard to uh, discern and very hard to, uh, to say what is. Mm -hmm. He said, I can only tell you what I personally like. And with that, uh, we won the case. It was uh, Solomon versus Gainesville. It was like Still David in the books and Goliath. To this day. Okay. And we will talk more about that. My producer's nudging me from the side. We gotta take a break, but man, All what right. a story. We could just plug this guy in, the Energizer Bunny. Tell you what, I'm talking out of nervousness. You are me. terrific. We love it. I'm Keep going. Keep going. I'm nervous. Okay. You, you are watching Melvin Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, the twenty, not the twentieth, the first of June, uh, twenty twenty-one. If you have any questions for our esteemed friend Steve Solomon, founder of the Leonardo's Restaurants in Gainesville, type them in the comments section on Facebook Live. We'll answer them. He'll answer them. And anything for Jeffrey Meldon, text those questions as well. We'll be right back. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, Join them. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. 
We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Hello and welcome back to Melden Lawn Friends. You need to type your friends, text them a message saying if they're not watching the show, they need to watch it. This is some great Gainesville history we've got going on with our good friend Steve Solomon, founder of the many or the several Leonardo's restaurants as they existed in Gainesville for a long, long time. So, Jeffrey, I know you were quite a common patron of Steve's establishments. Yes. Uh, in particular, um, some of the later uh, generation of uh, restaurants, because you had Leonardo's by the slice uh, to start, right at uh, University Avenue and 13th Street. Yes. And um, you went to other restaurants after that. Can you tell us a little bit how that evolved? Well, each time it was something to do with, I was living in Gainesville and I was loving Gainesville, but by the same token, I was missing certain things about life in Chicago. Um, certainly not my ex-girlfriends. But I was missing the bagel. And the bagel uh, was not being well represented in Gainesville. And more and more people were coming from the north. And I think and they were, from Miami as well. And from Miami. And who had transplanted from New York. Yes. And um, they, uh, they were going to uh, bagel withdrawal, actually. Uh, there was a place uh, called the uh, uh, Community Outreach Center that treated people with these kinds of uh, various uh, kinds of maladies. And I, uh, I became aware of this, and I felt like what I could do as a citizen is step up and bring the bagel to these people who were going through the bagel deficit and, and, and bagel uh, Jones. And there's a certain secret to making a real bagel, correct? Sincerely, every bagel is different from every other bagel sort of like people, but by the same token, there is a special technique to creating a real bagel. And the real bagel is boiled and baked, and it's hand boiled, uh, and, 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 and it's hand sculpted, then it's boiled, it's genetically colded at that point with either sesame seeds, garlic, and uh, then put in the oven My and favorite's bake. the everything, by the way. The everything, the E.T. as we call it, the <laughs> everything, is uh, people are amazed by the economics of it. Mark Rush, a brilliant economist and teacher at the University of Florida, for uh, he came in and he wanted to know how we were charging the same price for a plain bagel as an everything bagel. He was concerned that we weren't upcharging <laughs> by the ingredients. And uh, honestly, uh, we hadn't thought of it. It was one of the great things about being next door to a great institution of learning, <laughs> like the University of Florida. What was the name of the first bagel restaurant? The, fa the first bagel restaurant was called, and there is a lot of controversy about this, this bagel and, like bagel and cream cheese, a bagel and a schmear, bagel and coffee, or is it bagel land? Right. And actually, people thought we were two different places. They said, well, I'm looking for uh, Bagel and. And I said, well, you, you're there. And they, mm. somebody else would say Bagel and. I said, well, you're here too. It's the promised land. Where was it located? It was located right next to St. Augustine Church in a very ecumenical movement. We decided 
to be close to the brothers uh, of the uh, of, of their order of the Saint Augustine. I'm trying to keep order. track of all the biblical references. Yeah, today. Father Gannon was one it. day. <laughs> There was a place called the Monks Inn on University yeah, Avenue, Monk's and I'm sure we all remember it. And they, uh, the Monks Inn uh, was a wonderful uh, beer uh, and uh, bar restaurant, and it was right across the street from Leonardo's. And they wore a monk's garb. They did. And they ordered like five bag five dozen bagels every morning, which they'd come and pick up. Well, one day, one of the fellows that actually was a monk from St. Augustine Church came in in his monk's garb, and the girl says, yeah, I've got him for you, and gave him five dozen bagels. And he said, well, that's a wonderful, wonderful contribution. We'll make sure that it's given to the poor. And it was like the day that the monk's bagel, they had no bagels. But the church, we said, go down to the church and get your bagel there. Well, and, and, and that was a, a wonderful contribution uh, that you made, and I, I'm sure that the uh, they appreciated it. So you're, you're doing the bagel. I remember every one of your restaurants as they evolved. Now, there's a very famous restaurant called Leonardo 706, which I think... Uh, has a reference to the address, 706 West University Avenue, okay? Can you tell us the story about how Leonardo 706 got started? Well, here's the deal. We had been doing pan pizza for 13 years. And for 13 years, we had been, uh, been successful, but we had been imitated as well. And a lot of people in the pizza business were doing double crust, thick crust, and even pan-style pizzas. So what we realized is we needed to do something a little different. Uh, we had tried some pastas and stuff, but I really didn't have the cooking expertise. My, uh, my wife Sandy and I were in San Francisco and we were walking uh, on Union Street. We stopped at a, a pasta restaurant and we had some of the pastas and uh, this Nouveau pizza, thin pizza, very thin crusted, and it had uh, uh, items on it, like uh, tuna and avocado and hot peppers. And I had never seen a pizza, like I've seen tuna on a bagel, and, uh, but I'd never seen tuna on a, a pizza. And uh, so I, I, we came back from San Francisco, and now what I, I knew I wanted to take pizza and take the unlikely ingredients like tuna and avocado and broccoli and things that heretofore had not been on pizza, and I wanted to fuse them in, but I needed someone. I needed uh, an astrophysicist, a, 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 a physicist. No, I needed a great chef, and that's when I met Mark Newman. And, and, um, and Mark had a great background. I think he graduated from Cornell's culinary Cuma school. De uh, Cuma Delante. <laughs> Whatever, I'll take your word. Anyhow, so, so Magna cum laude. Magna cum laude, Mark Newman. So we all know Mark, he's our dear friend. And so that's how you came up uh, and got started. So well, he this. and I went out to California when my wife Sandy held down the fort. Mm -hmm. We went out to California and we went and we checked out this new kind of California cuisine. We went over to uh, restaurants that were like uh, uh, Wolfgang Puck had just been the biggest uh, restaurant, well-known restaurant tour in, San, in, in Los Angeles at that time. And he had his place Spago's on Sunset Boulevard. Mark and I actually ate there and talked to Wolfgang and 
I uh, got to meet him, and that's when we had a salmon on pizza with a cream frosh and a <laughs> sprinkle of dill. Wow. And it was, it was remarkable. Nobody had done anything mm. like this. We had uh, a salad that were all these mixed baby greens, like frisee and baby arugula and baby uh, spinach leaves. And uh, it was, we had never seen anything. It was the tallest salad. It was so light. And all along in the restaurant, we were spotting, there were all these celebrities that were sitting there. Michael Douglas was sitting in one booth. Uh, Andre Previn was in a booth. James Woods was there. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, uh, the hoi polloi of Hollywood, and that really led me to believe that this menu is what we wanted to do. Mark was just the man to be able to pull it off, and we came back to uh, Gainesville. We closed the restaurant for three weeks. We completely read to it. Seven, Leonardo's oh. and... You had, 706. Had you and Sandy started Leonardo's at that point? Yes. And we retooled it and we put in this new menu. We called it uh, the Renaissance <laughs> of Leonardo's. We were bringing it back and we were doing this California. We called it Cal Atel or Mediterranean style cooking. And along the way, uh, I met my wife and I we were out running, and we met a, a young, a promising young runner by the name of Marty LaCourie. He looked like he had some, some uh, that he was going to go somewhere in the running world, that he was going to run somewhere. Yeah, I think he was the fastest miler in the world, right? He, he had actually set the record for the youngest person to run a four-minute mile. And Marty uh, was uh, retired, and he was taking guitar lessons, and uh, I said, why don't you come in and, uh, and play? And what happened is over the course of 20 years that Marty was doing it, he made it into a an incredible music uh, program, second only to the great Southern Music Hall, <laughs> to be perfectly frank and honest. <laughs> you, you had some great He set a high there. bar, though. Hey, Mondays and Thursday nights, I always look forward Sure. To you know the you. You, the music you night you added the second room after a while which was the perfect setting mm -hmm. for the jazz night. Great acoustics, it was really and, and Marty uh, approached being our jazz impresario the same way he approached running, where he put his fully dedicated to getting really talented guest stars, and we had some wonderful wonderful. Uh, uh, musicians play um, I, I, because of the fact that I am an, a senior citizen now I am having trouble thinking of all their names <laughs> Well, I, I can but. tell you everybody from the University of Florida music department would be there all the time yeah. and they, Marty incorporated guests so you didn't have to it wasn't like one set lineup there were always it was Marty McQuarrie and friends and right. friends and right. just like we have Melden Lawn friends That's here right. you know it, it was an incorporative deal now um, so not only did you have the uh, you know Monday and Thursday night jazz nights but you also had these special incredible dinners uh, that you and Mark wine put together. Tell me how, the wine tasting. We had night. wine pairing dinners that were really, we, we were doing them once a month, and uh, we really, it was like 50 spots, and we sold out pretty quickly. Uh, a couple of times we even incorporated some live music. One time we had a cellist uh, played, and uh, anyhow, it was uh, a five-course meal with five different wines, 
um, Jeffrey, uh, Chris, they were both uh, patrons of our wine theater. This man in particular. Uh, <laughs> there was one we did on my birthday, and uh, Jeffrey uh, was there. And I had billed it as not just the wine tasting, but Steve's birthday and the, uh, and the bill of fare that night was one of my favorite foods that we did. And uh, Jeffrey came in and uh, he always made, Jeffrey makes great flamboyant uh, entrances. And nah. I, he came in and he presented me with a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. And uh, it was a very nice token of, uh, of friendship, which we immediately popped open. And uh, <laughs> we celebrated my, uh, my birthday and uh, it was a great deal of fun. So guys, much fun as we're having, it's coming to an end. No, uh, no, no, we, 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 we've got a we've got a one hour window, and we've only got about thirty seconds left. Much as I'd love to keep going on, uh, real quick, what's your favorite current pizza in Gainesville? We somebody texted a question. It, 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 it's Satchel's Square. It's down on Fourth Avenue in this great little development that's there, uh, with um, Opus Coffees. And it's it's really a cool know thing. know it. It's in the and, neighborhood. And they, and they trained it, did they not? At, uh, Satchel worked for us at, for 10 years. As a matter of fact, I uh, I had the honor of wedding him and his wife, Caroline. And guys, I hope they see this. I hope they do, too. Pass the word. This is a great episode. We you got to listen to Steve. And uh, we'll have you back. I can assure you of that. Thank you very, very much. much. It's Thank been you. a real pleasure. You've been watching yeah. Melden Law and Friends. Uh, go on our website. Apply for the tickets. We'll be back next week with episode 33.